Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the fourth episode of In The Loop. I'm your host, Corey Harden. A couple things, really quick, thank you guys so much for tuning into the last episode. It became the most popular episode thus far, and what that tells me is more people are listening, which is exciting. If I can ask a few things, though, if you guys are feeling up to it, if you're feeling like you want to give back, please, you can go to iTunes. Find us, rate us, review us, and I'll read a couple of those reviews on the podcast as well. So you can feel, I don't know, you can feel like you're on the show. That would be nice. Yeah, so please uh, go to iTunes, review us, and uh, that would go a long way to helping us grow this thing even more. You can also find us on inthelooppod.com, Facebook and Instagram on there as well. The Twitter page, let's not talk about it. My guest today is actor Rafael Diaz. He has worked at Raven Theater, Teatro Vista, Victory Gardens. He's been on Chicago Fire very recently. He has a new ComEd commercial out as well. This guy is booking real hard. Uh, so please enjoy my very fun, uh, this is actually a lot of fun, but my very fun conversation with my good friend Rafael. I don't mind it. I think it's there's virtue to it. I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Compared to all the other kind of like uh, spiritual structures mm-hmm. in in our in our society, uh, one being determined by the literal cosmic and gravitational force of the universe, yeah, has a little more merit than you know. Hey, God gave me these big stone tablets, and you gotta follow <laughs> these rules. Yeah, I guess if you were like to be like Joseph Campbell about it, it's just another way. Yeah, it's, I think in it has virtue. I think. There's a lot of annoying astrology people. I think that's maybe why I'm coming at it from a perspective of like, God, I kind of get annoyed at this shit. It's because it, it, often it has been put upon me, and it's sort of like the end-all, be-all to a lot of people's beliefs. And yeah, it's no, hokey-pokey to me. You don't ever want to be dogmatic about anything you believe in. It's really, really dangerous, um, especially acting. I know a lot of actors who are very like, this is how you act. This is how you do stuff. This is This is the way... To prepare a role, the other way is wrong. Huh. I've had I've had teachers like that. It's a little like you get a little like, oh, I don't know if that's exactly true, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Whatever helps you sleep at night, I guess. I mean, if you're thinking about it from the beginning, Stanislavski was like, "This is my way. You figure it out on your own." Stanislavski is one of my favorite. I think that that's that book that he wrote is one of the greatest things. Which one? Uh, an actor prepares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with I forget I forget what his other one is. I have like uh, the edition that I have is both of his books together. Yeah, okay. It's just called an actor's work. I have heard that he refutes a lot of stuff that he taught in the very first book, or he tries to do a lot of uh, correction about what people interpreted. Well, what I love about yeah, he, people can interpret that a lot of ways. But I think what's really fun about uh, I think it's an actor prepares. It's just his journal mm-hmm. from drama school. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, and you know what's cool about it is. Here you have uh, here you have an actor just talking about being nervous, yeah, being insecure, yeah, making big mistakes. In the book, he talks about like he put the chocolate on his face <laughs> to prepare to do Othello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he rehearsed it in his bedroom. Yeah, and he pretended to be like a fucking like puma or a. Je- he was like he was like oh I, I knew he got how like to- a spirit animal. Yeah, he was like I got like yeah. to play this guy like a jungle cat. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. the only way to play this part. <laughs> That's how you do it. And he, and he, he talks about like rehearsing in his bedroom. He's like. 
fuck the lines. I don't even care about the lines. I'm just living living in the body of this of this jungle animal. Yeah. And then he goes to do it in front of his teacher. Yeah. And he makes an ass of himself. Sure. And he's like, yeah, I, I fucked up. That's the wrong way to do it. Oh, man. Um, but that's so great, though, to be able to make those those big mistakes. You got to have freedom to fail. Even when I'm doing this, I sort of feel like I have to be fully formed when I start nah. because we live in an age where everything's documented. Everything's like kind of permanent on the Internet. And you're not the, – the ability to make mistakes and to fuck up is just not as, as there as it used to be from my perspective. I perspective. mean, look, if we end up getting really famous sure, doing blow on Leonardo DiCaprio's yacht, sure. at that point we'll be able to get rid of this. You know what I'm saying? Like we'll, we'll know enough people to make this conversation disappear. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's, if it's really embarrassing. This could be the, the inception though. I mean like this is where it all started. <laughs> Maybe we'll want to keep it around. I want to go back to this thing about method acting, though, because this summer I sort of came to the conclusion that method acting is pretty disrespectful to you as an artist. Also, I mean, like, not to get super nerdy about it, but I think a lot of people throw that word around. <clears throat> they don't even lot. know what it means. Well, because they think it. They think they think method acting is what Andy Lewis does. Yeah, right? or what like um, Robert De Niro did in Taxi Driver. Yeah, or this 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 like. Uh, this concept, like the big, the big uh, quote is when is when uh, Dustin Hoffman is doing Marathon Man, right, 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 and, right. You know, to prepare for the scene where he's really exhausted, he stays right. up all night, right. And you know, Larry's all like, "Well, my dear boy, why don't you, why don't you try acting?" Right, right, right. Um, and we assume that's method acting, but method acting is technically uh, a very specific approach that Lee Strasberg did in the group theater, right? Mm -hmm. A method that quite literally, all of his contemporaries and peers rejected to the point where he had to leave the group theater and start his own theater school. Oh, I didn't know that. Didn't, people didn't like it. Okay. Like, uh, people lump, I hate it. Mm -hmm. Like, it really puts a bee in my bonnet. Oh. When people lump Meisner, Strasberg, and Adler together. Stella Adler. I think they do that just because that's the era that they came from. But they're all so fucking different. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of them is super wrong, mm -hmm. Strasberg. And the other one is, like, Stella Adler, who's a fucking genius, mm -hmm. who, like, if you read her book, you're like, oh, God. Mm -hmm. It's – because her whole thing is imagination, right? Like, because Lee Strasberg's yes. biggest, like, nugget of information that people still use is uh, affect memory, he called it, or, like, sense memory, mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm doing a scene where I've got to – where I've got to be sad, so I've got to cry. So you've got to recall a memory that evokes about, that emotion. I've got to think about my doggy dying. Sure. Well, let me tell you something. If you're doing Chris Keller and All My Sons, sure. and it's the climax of the play, mm -hmm. and your dad has just killed himself, mm -hmm. and uh, you, you're on you know, your mother's lap, and you're like thinking of your personal dog right. crying, right. you failed the performance. Yeah. That's not, you're, not, you're not doing that character service anymore. You're, you've taken yourself, it's just, and it becomes therapy. Right. I hate it. I, don't, I think that sense memory is very dumb. It works for film, maybe? Because that's such a discombobulated kind of uh, process where, you know. But anybody who uses sense memory in a theater performance, I don't, it's hard to trust. It is really hard to trust. It takes you out of the moment. Yeah. You're not with the other people. You're not with, like, the actual moment that you're supposed to be in. You're betraying the play. You're betraying your scene partner. You're betraying, you're betraying yourself. Most importantly, you're betraying the character. Sure. That character lives and breathes and is depending on you to tell their story. And you're fucking projecting your own life onto them. Yeah. No, thank you. And from my perspective, if you are able to cultivate imagination, 
that is way more valuable and is going to serve you in the long run and will also invigorate you more as an artist instead of feel like you're depleted all the time. One of my acting teachers, Kevin Long, uh, talked a lot about like just because in the script it says so and so cries, you don't have to like physically produce tears. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the playwright is talking about an emotional state. And the truth is, if you're living in that moment honestly mm-hmm. and uh, – you're fearless and you remove all these blocks in your in your mind, you'll probably actually cry. Right. right. I mean, good playwrights know, understand uh, human emotions. So they know a human would probably cry in this moment, you know, and if you really surrender. Yeah. The operative word that you just used though is is good playwrights. And uh, with yeah. a lot of with a lot of new works or stuff Dude, like that's well that's why that's I really, what's difficult. Like with you gotta like with stage direction, you really gotta be like you never know. You know what Christopher Walken does, right? He takes all the punctuation, all the stage directions out. He rewrites you all the lines. You don't say, well, no, this guy <laughs> has no respect for punctuation. I never would have guessed. <laughs> you can't. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Of course. I don't know who I'm talking to right what? now. <laughs> what do you mean? That he doesn't like punctuation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's his big thing. I yeah. think that's the first impression anybody's done on the podcast. So there you go. Oh, dude, You're breaking love, a lot of ground here. I love doing impressions. I'm not good at most of them, but mm-hmm. they're fun to do. They are fun to do from time to time. Yeah, I find it. Uh, if you ever, so you're understudying cur- currently. Oh yes, it's, come see Alias Grace at Rivendell Theater. Yeah, ensemble. That's uh, going to be from September 1st to October 15th. It just extended. <gasps> yeah, we're playing through November, baby. Hot diggity damn. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's such a great fucking play, man. Um, it's based on a novel by Margaret Atwood, who right. wrote The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of buzz because they turned it into a TV show. Mm-hmm. Also, it kind of came true in our current political climate. So mm-hmm. that kind of good for book sales. I maybe. don't know if that was like th- th- they started developing that a, cu- a couple years ago and then just by happenstance. God, yeah. There's like, yeah, it was one. Of, it must have been one of those things where like, well, I guess this is this is now relevant. Sure. In a different way, but no, it's... Uh, Unfortunately. Margaret Atwood is one of my favorite. I had never read her novels. I read Alias Grace when I got the when I got the, the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd read, like, her poetry, I think, in college. Mm-hmm. She's a really talented writer. She's really cool. You're a pretty curious dude. Um, it, like, individual. You're a very curious individual. Well, I think one ought to be curious. Um, <laughs> I... I want to have that little snippet of a of a soundbite play in, in my head whenever I'm deciding to play video games instead of like Dude. reading or something. I went home, right? And you played Civ. Fucking for three days. <sighs> Sid Meier's Civilization Five, Brave New World. It's getting to the point where my therapist told me I should sell my Xbox and instead get like a a Kindle Fire Stick uh-huh. because this thing, my Xbox, is just depleting my uh, my ability but to be curious. But then again, also, I think we, we shit on video games a lot, too. Like, there's there's value to video games sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, it, it's not... To a degree, but I think yeah. we, th- we are not able or cog- cognizant enough to have it in moderation because of that visual stimulus yeah. that is very yeah. addicting. No, 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 yeah, you're right. No, but um, fortunately, I don't have a gaming computer, and uh, it was just sort of like a, a little mini vacation. Mm-hmm. From curiosity, and I and I got to play play a video game for three days. It was nice. Uh, I want to come back to the curiosity though, because you yourself have kind of 
you have educated yourself uh, instead of gone the uh, the typical model of you get done with high school, then you go to college. Most of us in theater went to like a four-year program, and then we get done, and we go into uh, the industry. Yeah. You have taken a different route. That's true. Um, but then again, you know, it's whenever whenever I think about that, I always just think about like uh, that Goodwill Hunting thing, mm-hmm. where it's like you know, you just spent like you know, oh yeah, uh, twenty grand to learn something that you could get from uh, from late a library fees. for free. Yeah, know? from late fees at the yeah, library. I don't know the exact quote. I can I pull mean, it up if you want. Uh, that's nah, right. It's fine. It's fine. It's I'd fine. love that movie. What is, That's is, that, is it like an Academy Award winning script or something? Do I really need to quote oh. it right? Who cares? Who cares? Those guys went on to do okay, right? I don't think so. I'm really worried about him. I should probably give Matt Matt a call. Make sure he's doing Matt okay. Damon. 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 Matt Damon. Damon. And, uh, My good uh, personal friend Matt Damon uh, and Ben Affleck. Benjamin. Oh, is it Ben? Just Ben. ben? Just Ben. He goes, he goes by Ben. Just Ben. Just Ben. Who man. does he think he is? He's just a guy like you and me, man. We're just we hang out, you know. He and I. Um, it's good. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll see what they're up to and, uh, and we'll, and we'll see, we'll see if their career is doing okay. Okay. I'll, I'll give them some advice. Yeah. So you got, I, you ought to do that. I like to give advice when I can. I, I think cause I've, I've made some success for myself and it's good to send the elevator down. Right, right, right. You, you know, got to so. pick other people up. Yeah. So Either I'll, you're reaching forward to get, you know, what I should do right. is I should tell, I should tell Marissa Panessa right. about, about Matt Damon. They're pretty good. They're, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I don't like, know if she's going to be able to sign them. Because they're so small, but... I'm going to vouch for them. Okay. I'm going to vouch for them. That's really nice of you, Ralph. (laughs) No, but, uh... Yeah, so it... It was not a normal trajectory. That's true. I, uh... And I say that in a positive aspect. Yeah, sure. I I admire that about you. Um, the thing about, you know, like, uh, college dropouts, um... I mean, a lot of them, a lot of us go on to do really good things, you know, <clears throat> and that's not a coincidence. I think there's something about. I think that college can be a good place to accumulate a lot of debt, <laughs> drink a lot of alcohol, yeah, make a lot of mistakes, yeah, that could probably haunt you forever, and not learn very much. Do you know what I mean? Like oh it's very easy. God. It's very easy to like have a very like to have like uh, to be sort of like. Uh, it's a very active zombie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you go to yeah. class. Yeah. You do the homework. You yeah. you raise your hand. Yeah. But you're not really like absorbing anything. I was more so of a less active zombie. I was sort of like just kind of there zombie. And then when I got into doing theater, it was like my brain clicked on. That. Oh my god. Do you remember the first time you were on stage? I do remember the first time I was on stage, but I think the thing that's most important is that I remember the first time I felt actually alive. And it was when I was doing, I, I went to an audition, and it was like time went away for a moment. I, it was like my spirit came out, I, whoever I was inside actually shone through. It was one of the first times in my life that that ever happened. And I walked out of that room basically knowing that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I don't, I can always go back to that moment as like the pivotal moment for me. And I know that you have that moment as well, where you're like, you, you, you saw a play at Steppenwolf, is that correct? Oh, no, yeah. So, like, all right. Okay. So, um, 
How did this work out? So I was a uh, I was a really terrible student, mm-hmm. right in high school. Um, all I did was hang out with my buddies, playing video games. Yeah. Uh, Same. Drinking, you know, our parents' booze. You know that that wrote. Yeah. Uh, listening to a lot of Disney soundtracks. Oh that no, that's where I stopped in the comparison. Okay. Yeah, right, sorry. Right. Well, that was just a me thing. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was not a really good student. I tried getting into DePaul because mm. my friend Greg got into DePaul. Didn't get in, um, but I wanted to with say, the intention of going to theater, or just you wanted to go to the park. No, well, the thing. So here's what happened. I, I, I remember always wanting to be an actor. I don't remember ever wanting to be anything else. Right. Um, I think I wanted to be a Power Ranger first, then an actor. Okay, that makes sense. You know, yeah, because I realized that I can't literally get you know a a morpher from Zordon and become you know. I realized I realized that a little too late in life. It's, but go know, on. Sorry. That's unfortunate. Yeah. It's okay. That's what therapy is for. <laughs> uh, but no, I so I've always wanted to be an actor. But you know, I just didn't. You know, you're uh, I'm first generation. My parents came here from Cuba. I don't. You know, they didn't know anybody. Right? Sure. So it was just something that I always knew that I wanted to do. So um, yeah, I did plays like you do. Like that's what. You know, if you want to be in that business, you do plays in high school. But I was just such a awkward, insecure little little shit. Mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't do well in theater, and then I just sort of thought that I was a bad actor, and then that coincided with uh, falling in love with film. Right. Right. So I figured what I would end up doing was I'd just make movies. Mm-hmm. That was my, like at 18 when you decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous that that's an expectation. Yeah, that's the country. time where you have to, sp- like, yeah. hey, what do you want to do forever? Decide now. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I was like, well, like, fuck, it, fuck it, I guess I'll have to go to film school. That's the only thing that I'm good at, I guess. Um, so I applied to USC in California. Didn't get into that shit. That was way out Pretty of competitive. League. Holy crap, holy. Didn't just even... to make you feel a little bit better, not a lot of people get into that I, school. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. I'm sure Whoa. you've come to terms with it by this yeah, point. I think so too. But then I applied to DePaul and mm-hmm. then the other the only other school I applied to was Columbia College in mm-hmm. Chicago. Uh and uh yeah, I studied film there for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh just was a miserable student. Uh I would yeah, I would ditch class all the time to go to the movies. <laughs> uh and then I think yeah, my You were la- studying film though. Yeah. In a way. In a way, right? You should have just wrote your teacher and been like, listen, I'm going to go see a film. Dude, my, one of, I'll never forget, one of like my film history teachers mm-hmm. was just so like over it with me. Because he was, cause, because, you know, it's that thing where like he, he knew that like I knew my shit. Right. But I would never write any of my papers on time. And he's like, dude, what's your deal, dude? You're, <sighs> just do the, just write a paper. You have all these things to say about movies. Why don't you just write them down? And he's right. I mean, that was really... Like, it's simple, but it's also hard. Yeah, I just... I don't know. For people like us. I was such a little shit back then. But, uh, no, my last semester at Columbia, uh, I took an acting one class as an elective. Mm -hmm. Kirsten Fitzgerald, who runs Red Orchid, was my teacher. And that was like, you know, just that by itself. I'd never met uh, a person who made a living acting before. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Who wasn't famous. Right. So, like... Oh, that's a big one. Like that's huge. Like yeah. I, like. You know what? You know what I think about a lot. That Shanley quote: "All the things in life really worth doing mm-hmm. require more courage than we currently possess." Meaning, like deciding to get into this crazy uh, life that we've chosen for ourselves isn't easy. Like it, 
other people have to kind of like reach in and push us to do this. And it happens in little ways, like taking an acting class with yeah. somebody and realizing, oh, wait a minute, you mean I can stay in this city, mm -hmm. do plays, you know, book shitty spots on shitty TV shows, uh, teach mm -hmm. and make a living mm -hmm. doing what I love? Mm -hmm. I, that thought never occurred to me. And that was a big one. And then I saw my first play. I saw Flyborn Park at Steppenwolf. One you of know, my favorite people, James Vincent Meredith, is in that. I got to tell him that he, that he was in the play that changed my life. I, yeah. And that was a great moment. Thank oh. you for helping provide that for me. Oh, and you're welcome. That guy is an extremely nice dude. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it like warmed his heart. I'm sorry. I interrupted oh, you. Sorry. Sorry. No, that was like, well, I saw two plays pretty quickly. I, I rem as the memory is that I saw these two plays in like within the same week. I saw Clybourne Park at Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. Um, because Kirsten Fitzgerald gave me the discount code, right? She let me know that, like, oh, you're a student. You show up to th students. Do you have a Do you have a big college student uh, listener base yet? Not sure. They're there. Can you hear me now? Yes. All right, listen, kids. If you've got a college ID, you get yourself to Steppenwolf. Half hour before uh, uh, the house opens, you try to get rush tickets. Fifteen dollars a student ID. I think it's still the case. Mm-hmm. You can see great plays for the price of a fucking movie. I will, I will, I will, I will go up to bat for Steppenwolf every day till the day I die. Yeah, I love that. Like, I, fifteen, fifteen was another big year for me. I did the Crucible in high school. Mm. What was your part? Uh, <laughs> I'm about to go see that as we speak. Like after this interview is over, I'm going to go to the Steppenwolf. I played uh, Judge Hathorne. Oh, not Judge Danforth. Right, right. Not like the menacing baddie. Right. Like his bitch. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> like <laughs> Like, literally in the play, all you do is sit next to Danforth, and you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You're right, dude. You hey, got it. Hey! Over there, shut up! You do get, as Judge Hathorne, well, you're not in until the, the second act is oh, the thing. okay. And uh, you do get one really good disposition scene in the beginning of Act 2. Right. Which is pretty gnarly. That was a good moment for me. I won... An award for best supporting actor for that. Did you? I sure did. Age fifteen. At age fifteen. Award winner since age fifteen. Uh, I was competing against one other person. Uh huh. Um, they lost. That's all that matters. Sure did you won? They sure did. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was a. Uh, and then that was the year that I discovered Steppenwolf. Like I didn't, you know, I learned I, in in some sort of Wikipedia binge. Huh. I you know because, I grew up watching a lot of Forrest Gump. Right. Uh, and I don't remember which Malkovich movies I saw when I was a kid, but Malkovich was on my radar a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um, I think I saw being John Malkovich a little too early. Oh, boy. that's I saw that right at the right time. What mm. I, how old were you when you saw that? Uh, I don't remember. It was on uh, It was on cable, though. Yeah. That movie should not... Yeah, that's... Oh, boy. What's I, this, this is explaining. I was life. an unsupervised child. Same. Yes. Dude. I'll never forget my mom... The, do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where they, where they streak during the Super Bowl? Uh-huh. That was the episode my mom realized that this cartoon was for adults. <laughs> and she was like, what have I been letting you oh, watch? No, but you were too deep time? at that point. Yeah, I was, I was like, too, too bad. You mom. know what my parents told me? They told me that I couldn't watch Adult Swim because I would understand the jokes. However, my little sister, who is five years younger than me, could. She could watch Adult Swim, but I could not. This is the kind of logic that existed in my household, and yet I was still able to watch some stuff maybe I should not have watched. Interesting. Yes. 
Interesting. They chose they they chose the wrong moments to per, to parent. Basically. But no, yeah, Steppenwolf. That's a cool thing to discover. If you're like a Chicago kid, like yeah. if you're a suburban Chicago kid, like that's such a cool thing I, to discover. I always say that people who grow up in Chicago, people who grow up in metropolitan cities, have an inherent advantage over other actors who basically are imported here after sure. college. Now th- that was just sort of like now I remember kind of being very very arrogant when I discovered Steppenwolf. I didn't understand that they had become like an establishment. So, like, I remember going on their website and figuring out how to submit, like, a headshot and stuff to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. At, like, 15. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, this will be a good place to start my career. I could do plays at Steppenwolf, and then from there I can I could, like, transition into movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. That seems like really such a good. clear You know what I mean? Clear path. That's how 15-year-olds think. That's how our parents think. <laughs> that is. <laughs> oh, my God. It's true. But, no, yeah, that was a – oh, man, it was so cool to discover that, like, that there was theater – in my backyard, you know, I grew up in right. Schaumburg, right? Yeah. Where the Ikea is. We have, uh, it's, it's, it was a good place to grow up. Okay. A lot of bike riding. Yeah, I would, I would guess. Elbow scrapes. Because <laughs> it's not a very coordinated bike rider. Neither was I. I, I actually am surprised at the uh, amount of cowardice I have now as opposed to when I was a child. I was reckless when Dude, I was a child. I remember, like, straight up uh, pressing the brake so hard on my bike that I flew right over the handlebars. Oh, my like God. Like fucking Superman. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. and then I was like, all right, I'm going, going home. I'll just put on a bandage. What? I'll be, I'll be, I'll be hurt for like a week, and then I'll be fine. I would just climb on top of the monkey bars yeah. and chill. Yeah. And just jump off like yeah. there's no consequences. Now, what happens? I mean, now I'm taller, so it wouldn't be that big of a jump. <laughs> but <laughs> Now I'm afraid to walk at home, walk home at night. What was I talking about before we talked about everything else? Uh, we were talking about uh, Steppenwolf. You're just like, oh, yeah, I'll just uh, oh, dude. go to Steppenwolf. Dude, I love Steppenwolf. But no, yeah, so um, to, put a, to put a clean soundbite on my origin story for you, I uh, went to Columbia College to be a film student. Sure. I took an acting class as a minor. Uh-huh. I saw a plate Steppenwolf and decided that I wanted to be a theater actor. And what would you do then? Not a whole lot, dude. Um <laughs> That was, that was, you know, it's a, did you use like the secret? You just put it out there. You believe here's the thing. Like there are some questions that non-actors ask me that annoy the shit out of me. What do you mean? Here's one. Like how you ready for this? Okay. When was the moment you decided to be an actor? Oh, okay. I'll tell you what, dude, I have to make that decision about every day. A couple of times when I'm, when I'm looking in the mirror. Yeah. When I was, (laughs) when I was living with my sister, uh, like, Few months like this, this was like six, seven months ago. Yeah, just having a real bad time, and uh, I just got out of the shower. Yeah, and I was looking in the mirror. Yeah, and I went. Well, a little backstory. So I just got <laughs> you had the cliffhanger. Hold on, Jesus hold on, Christ! Hold on, hold on. This will make the story funnier. I promise. All right. So I just got out of the shower, um, and my sister was waiting outside the door to like spook me when I got out. <laughs> like she was so ready. Yeah, this right? is something this is what's does? happening. Oh, yeah, this is what we do all the time. Okay. Um, so she was getting ready to spook me. And then... Spooked you. Unbeknownst to me, she's not... So I'm just there. I just had a shower. Sure. Not having a good time. I'm just not feeling good. And I just look in the mirror mm. through the steam, and I go, oh, I just can't fucking do this anymore. Oh, no. And then my sister goes... <laughs> she caught you in a vulnerable moment. And, and then, like... And then, Did like, she I, then try to spook you? Like a day later, she's she didn't like, "Follow through." Like a day later, she I don't was like, like that commitment. <laughs> a day later, she was like, "Hey, man, um, 
Wait, wait, wait. So you didn't know that she was out there? No. So she decided she wasn't. She was like, "Oh you. shit!" I That's kind of nice that she gave you a moment to. But she waited like a day, man, to revel in your existential dread. She gave you a day, uh, and then what did she say? She's like, "Do you know that that happened?" And then we had a good laugh about it. But sure. Uh, no, yeah. Oh god. You know that it's... moment I caught you when you were really depressed about your life. <laughs> Which time? <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's hard, man. It's um, it wasn't easy. I mean. Again, I, it requires more courage than we than we currently possess. You wouldn't say though that you seeing that play would have been the moment where you decided to be an actor. You wouldn't say that. I think it was the moment that I decided that I wasn't going to be a filmmaker and that I was going to be a stage actor. Huh. That's very definitive in my mind. Okay. But it, it didn't happen right away. This was 2011. Sure. We're in 20 almost 2018 now. Sure. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I saw that play and then something yeah. happened right away. I didn't I didn't work for like four years after that. You know what I mean? I didn't do anything theater wise for about a good four years. But were you trying? Because that's different. Yeah. I didn't try for a while. Okay. I it, th- so give, give, cut yourself some slack there. Yeah, yeah. But so that I mean there was a lot of it. I mean life happens, right? Sure. So like uh I left Columbia, it was really expensive. My parents couldn't afford it anymore. Mm-hmm. My parents were going through a really, really messy divorce. Sure. Uh, so I just, yeah, it's like, I just can't, I was commuting from Schaumburg, taking yeah. the Metro, I just couldn't. Um, I had a, that acting class, as great as it was for, like, me discovering this talent I didn't know I had. Yeah. It was really bad for me. It also was a moment that I discovered I didn't like Columbia. I thought it was just, like, a terrible school from that cl- the class. For you, what was your experience that made you feel that way? Um, because it's open admission. Oh, Yeah. They it are just, the largest theater. Uh, they're the largest arts program or arts school. Yeah, and the thing yeah. is, because it's so... From what I understand. Because it's open admission, those first two years, you have a lot of, you have a lot of fucking dickheads in your classes, yeah. honestly, like who really aren't taking it seriously. Here's a good example. So Kirsten was out a lot because, mm, I don't know, she was running a fucking theater and doing a show at Steppenwolf. She's a working actor, yeah. You sure. know? Yeah. So there were substitute teachers. Substitute teachers were also great fucking actors. His name is escaping me. He's playing Lincoln right now at Cheddar Globe. Oh you know God. who I'm talking no, about? I don't, no, He's that I really don't. tall guy. He's also a Red Orchid dude. Fuck. <clears throat> I'm forgetting his name. I'm sorry. I'm, for, I, I'm forgetting his name, too. Oh, my God. We'll He's f- so cool. I'll put it in the credits. <laughs> yeah, when you do the little little post tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he was one of our subs. And, like, y- understand that this is, like. And they, those dickheads, didn't know it. Yeah. Okay. Like but the, you did. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, but I was just excited. My mentality was, because I think that the classmates' mentality was, it was a high school mentality, right? Like, um, oh, the teacher's not gone, so I guess we're not taking it seriously. No, we are actually. Okay. Yeah. You know? This is different. This isn't math class. Yeah. We can still learn to be actors with everybody. Yeah. I, th- I saw it as fucking like... Wait a minute. So I'm paying all this money, and I get to learn acting from all these different teachers. Yeah, there's a, a new perspective plus. that walks into the room. Great. I'm able to expand my consciousness it was a little amazing. bit. Yeah, we read such great plays in that class. Mm-hmm. I read Danny. That was the first time. Don Patrick Shanley is a playwright who has followed me through my career. Okay. In really important moments, he was there in the beginning. Right, mm-hmm. the first play I read in my first acting class, Danny in the Deep Blue Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, first real play I ever considered, like the first play I did, in my opinion, I mean, as amazing as my award-winning performance in The Crucible was. Yeah, high school theater is I've different. Heard. I've heard everyone has, dude. Huh. 
Like, <laughs> it's, be like Ralph. It was really it. good in that Raven show last year. Like, however, I, the Crucible. Here's the thing, uh, Jonathan Barry. Sure. He called me on the phone. Right. He said, "Dude, yeah, I'm I'm getting ready for the first rehearsal for the Crucible. Mm-hmm. Give me some insights, man." We're still raving about your production of the Crucible. He's everybody, so good that he doesn't want you part of. You'll make everybody. You'll make everybody jealous. Oh, exactly. He was. He didn't. He. Uh, that makes sense. He offered me it. He offered me Judge. He wanted me to reply. You turned he, it down. I did because I thought it'd be unfair to the the company. He wanted me to play Judge Hathorn again. That's so selfless of you, Ralph. You know, that's 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 what they call me. That's selfless what I, Ralph. <laughs> no, uh, where the fuck? Where? Well, what, what the fuck were we talking about? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> no, Shanley, right? Right, so right, okay. So the first play I did, in my opinion, was Italian-American Reconciliation. It's a play no one ever fucking does, mm-hmm. which is a shame because it's a great play. Those early Shanley plays, like Pre-Doubt, are amazing. Yeah. He wrote these plays around the time he wrote Moonstruck. Mm-hmm. They're so fun. They're just funny. The language is beautiful. I love them. Is that Savage and Limbo time, too? Exactly. So I've been, I've been lucky enough to be a part of... In one way or another, of three of those plays, right? First in acting class, mm-hmm. then my first real play. Mm-hmm. So I went to. After I left Columbia College, I went to a community college called Harper, um, where I studied all kinds of random shit um, because I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Right. What did you um, study? Mythology. Okay. Um, did you read some Joseph Campbell? Sure did. Nice. Power of Myth. Right. I'm in the middle of that right now. Hero with a Thousand Faces. I haven't read that yet. Um, and then I just read a bunch of miscellaneous myths. Miscellaneous myths. Uh, yeah, yeah, huh? That's difficult. Uh, and I got really into Celtic myths. I read uh, Rupert Graves. He's a great, um, he's a great um, resource for classical Greek mythology. Okay. He's got two volumes of of just the complete Greek myths. They're <coughs> great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got really into like just random shit. Like I had like what I call uh, a Steinbeck edu- education. I took a class on the Harlem Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Let me let me explain what I mean by that. Okay, yeah, please, um, please do. So, like Steinbeck uh, didn't get a degree in college, right? He just sort of like he would just sort of like uh, he showed up at uh, at uh, at classes that he liked. Mm-hmm. Like he would just sort of what's the word for that when Is you sort of sit in? You audit. Yeah, he just audited classes that he thought were interesting. Yeah, like he took a class on cadavers because he just wanted to know what the inside of a body looked like. Oh, that's interesting. Perhaps this is why he's able to write such human people. Yeah. Because he knows them inside you know, and out. I was going to make that joke, and then you did it for me. I can do it. <laughs> <coughs> the matcha really kicked in. It really did? Life. Yeah. Dude, that, that was a lifesaver. You're welcome. No Oof. problem. Uh, so I would say that you've probably had uh, the most American kind of education, because uh, every Mar- American success story, or almost every American success story, starts with that sort of narrative. Is it true? Of like they... They pulled themselves up by the boot by their bootstraps. They realized what they wanted to do in their lives, and then they went out and they fucking did it. Oh, shut and you me. are currently doing it. Oh, stop it! You got an understudy j- uh, go- uh, job. You uh, your your episode of Chicago Fire was on last night. Is that correct? Thursday. It, it was on Thursday. Yeah, I was on TV twice that day, dude. There you my go. Tom Ed commercial aired during a Hawks game. Yeah. So I had people text people who I people who I. Who I don't even remember. Right. Texted me. Yeah. That was kind of nice. That is nice when that people do nice. that. Feels good. Yeah, it is. It is cool. Um, My point being, and w- your wait, you're going to have, you got a no, thought I'm there? No, I just going to talk about how weird it is seeing yourself on TV. It's a very surreal experience. I bet. It's Because you're here, in the, in, in, but you're also there. Yeah, it's weird. Like, 
Um, what is it that Joseph Campbell talks about how somebody does film and they have multiplied themselves? They have d- now yeah. they live in the myth. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, in the mythos. What, yeah. That's why I love theater. Because film, yeah, you kind of like somebody like Clark Gable will be alive forever, right? Right. Or as long as uh, humans are alive, I guess. He's now immortal. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's like Apollonian, right, art. So it's like, you know, art that will – that's physical. You can always see a movie. Also never changes. Yeah, you know what I mean? It stays the same. What's so cool about theater, it's Dionysian, right? It's fleeting. Like, I never saw John Malkovich in Burn This. Sure. But I, I know the myth of that performance. Yeah. You know, people talk about that performance. Yeah. Still. I, or uh, Mahoney in, uh, in uh, <clears throat> fucking Orphans, you know? I I had a show here in Chicago about three years ago, and I forgot my I forgot a line for the very first time, and I panicked fucking on stage. Loser. loser. Yeah, I guess. Boo, Corey. No one, <laughs> boo. Real yep. actors don't forget their lines. Yeah. It was a pretty traumatic moment, actually. <laughs> uh, thanks for rubbing it yeah, in. Yeah, thanks, 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 thanks. Thanks. But there's this myth of Joe Montana, who was doing Glengarry Glen Ross at mm-hmm. Steppenwolf. And William Peterson's in the show, and Joe Montana, he just like goes up on his lines. And you know, Mamet is not one of those things you can just <laughs> improvise. And also, William Peterson at the time, I think he said in that scene he had no lines. Yeah. So it wasn't like he could like feed him something to to jog his memory. And William Peterson says he he sees he sees him forget, and then he sees him panic. He sees the panic go into his eyes. And I, I get done with this performance, and like reviewers were there, somebody from the Tribune was there, and I fucking just, I, I, I crumbled. I forgot my line, and then I could not recover for the rest of the performance. And I Googled it, and I found this, and I'm like, that is a myth of a performance that has made me sort of feel like, okay, that's, that happens. That's the magic. That's the joy of doing theater. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, that's man, that's fuck. Well, that's, every, that's every actor's nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, I, the, one of the great things about understudying, um, you have done this now how many times understudying? Too many, too many times. Yeah. Too many times. Let me, uh, there was Savage, Fisherman, Winter Sail. Four. You Alias Grace is my sixth nearly consecutive understudy performance. Do you accept almost all of them? Yeah. Are you one of those people who's like, ha- you kind of have to be well, working? You know, yeah, yeah, I don't like not working. Um, I have said no uh, to five other understudy jobs, at least to audition or offers, mm-hmm. just because I was done. Yeah. Um, I think because I feel like I'm so uh, – because I feel like that, that, that kid at the – that like uh, Dickensian – Poor child oh. at, the, at the window <laughs> with holes, yeah. holes in his shoes, yeah. Yeah. fingerless gloves, soot all over his face. Yeah. He's definitely got some kind of tuberculosis, you know? <laughs> Just <laughs> tuberculosis? Tuber- How do you put like, <laughs> yeah. English was not my first language. We can make no, fun no, of No, that's not what want. I'm trying to say. That's not what I, Now I look terrible. Now I look like the Jesus asshole. Christ. You see, I was just trying to speak to look, a moment. Man, we give and take. I'm an asshole. Sure. I make you look like an asshole. Right. It's even. Even Stevens. Wait. You make me look, but I'm not an asshole. No, no, no. I'm the only asshole here. Right. But I got to even it out. I got to make people, 
Because I don't want people thinking. I was just that. talking about this in my last episode. Maybe I need to amp up my assholishness. I, I don't know. That. It was a good episode. Thank you very you much. By far, she's good. She's nice. I like her a lot. Angela Horn. Is she? Uh, you know what it is. So I saw her headshot right mm-hmm. uh, when you posted the episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, how the fuck do I know this person? Mm. Guess what happens? You listen to the episode, and it all clicks. So she knows all the creative wellness people, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Erica Holland. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The greatest human being alive, maybe. Oh. Uh, oh, I have nothing but love for that woman. Nice. Uh, you have a lot of love for everybody. I want to go ahead and say that for you, to you, Ralph. You are. You have been the most supportive person for me in Chicago. Aww. You are like at every performance. You stand up. You say, "My boy, yeah. my boy." People around me are going like, "Do you know this fucking guy?" <laughs> But I sincerely cannot thank you enough for being Aww. so uh, supportive. That tickles, that tickles me. I, I hope it does. Man. Even with the podcast, you were like, listen to, th- uh, listen yeah. to this. This is fire. I know. It's really, I'm, it's, I'm really excited. Uh, you know the first time we met, you told me about this podcast? The first time we met. Oh, my God. You, brought this, you, you showed me the logo and everything. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. When, what, where was this? It was at Savage. Is that correct? Yeah, this was when so I, I, I was still living in Schaumburg at the time. So I got I went out drinking with everybody. Yeah. Uh, and I crashed on because your roommate was uh, one of my fellow Steven's, wonder studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I just crashed on the couch. Mm-hmm. You gave me some cold brew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did we, we watch Game of Thrones? We watched Game of Thrones. Oh, where Tyrion has that great battle. Yeah. The Battle of Blackwater Bay. Great episode. That is a great episode. Oh. And then he gets fucked the rest of the season. Spoilers. We've lost the train of thought again. That's okay. That's uh, probably a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but you were talking about how I showed you the logo for the, the logo for yeah, the first time. Yeah, yeah that was uh, that was uh, yeah. So I'm really ex- I was just really excited that it, that it's coming to fruition. Same. Yeah. Do you want to talk about you? Maybe I am also starting a podcast. Okay, there we go. There is a website up. There is. Uh, you want to plug Lyons it? is going to be my first guest. Okay. Um, I'm going to record that episode um, sometime this month. Right. It's called Hit Play with Rafael Diaz. Mm. I'm Rafael Diaz. Right. Hello. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be like this one, you know. So the more the better. Like you know? this is not the more that other artists can hear Chicago artists. Yeah. Talk about what their work, the better. Yeah, but and the th- well, the thing is, you and I are different people, mm-hmm. so you and I are gonna have different podcasts. Right. You know what I mean. Um, I I despise jealous people. What is first on my list of things to talk about? Jealousy. It says, "Oh man, I, I don't want to read the whole thing." But yeah, I'll, yeah, you don't want to read that. I'll read it after. You don't read the no- we've There's it. things I hear. I probably shouldn't have showed you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, there's there's a manifesto in here. Oh, don't we, give. We attacked the Germans at dawn. Oh boy, the Germans. Uh, it's a metaphor. <laughs> You were going to say you hate jealous people? Yeah, I don't. Well, no, I, I don't. Hate's a strong word. I don't. I you don't understand it. No, I guess I can fathom it. Sure. Because I'm a human who's yeah. experienced it. But yeah. I think that it's just an awful way to go about living your life. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Do you I, know, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I think a lot of the worst traits in our human condition are uh-huh. all, they're all subconscious. Like they happen without us knowing it. And then they enter your conscious mind through your subconscious, right? And uh, it's one up. being jealousy. Yeah, so jealousy or greed. Like it's something that deep down we want in a primal way. Yeah. And it pushes forward to our it's a good think about it like uh so your brainstem is like where a lot of the primal 
yeah, it's shit our, is, it, right? It's our lizard brain. Exactly. And then, and then the, f- the cortex is the is the the most underdeveloped portion. So we still have this thing that's so strong in the back. Yeah. So it's fun. It's a good way to think about it, like your subconscious being the brainstem. Yeah. And then pushing it <coughs> forward to the front part of your cortex. That's a fun image if you get into that kind of like energy kind of stuff mm-hmm. like kundalini yeah is all about that kind of like energy flowing through your body like that in any event um it's up to us to take these subconscious thoughts and just shut them down like we don't you don't get anything from being jealous i want to walk that statement back a little bit though and it. talk about it B- shut it down because from my perspective and this is just me i would say that you you uh, you understand it. You you kind of understand that it's there. You don't judge it, but you're just like that is a thing, and maybe I don't indulge that. You let it just drift away like a leaf on a stream. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You feel it coming, and then it just. And the thing is, if you practice that mindful sort of yeah, just life is gonna it, get better. And you, I find that I feel that I feel jealous less. Yeah, genuinely, because my I think my body just sort of goes like I think my. I've trained my subconscious to feel jealousy less. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or at least to let my sub... I think my subconscious knows, oh, this fucker doesn't give a shit about this sort of stuff. Just throw it away. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, here's a good example. Um, I could be... Because I... Aud- for Alias Grace, I auditioned to be the part that I'm understudying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like I auditioned to be the understudy. Like, I auditioned to be this part. His name is uh, McDermott. James McDermott. Okay. Uh, cool part. It's a fun... Like, I remember thinking to myself, like, this is a fun, small part. He's got three or four scenes. Um, he's got a real, like, fun, kinetic energy. Mm-hmm. He's in and he's out. This is perfect for, for me, who's trying to get his first... Uh, you know, a young actor who's trying to get his first big part uh, in, a, in a theater. Like, this is good. This is going to be great for my career. I felt like I gave the best audition, the best audition ever. Mm-hmm. It was, a, you know, one of the best auditions ever for me. And then, and then you don't get it, and you feel all the kinds of sadness and rejection. Yeah. And now I'm understudying the guy who got the part, right? Mm-hmm. I could feel jealous of this person, right? But what does that serve me? Nothing. Nothing. I, it, we are told that so many times through myths throughout our lives as well that that doesn't end well for people like because that. Because it's we're led to believe that because. Uh, David Raymond is the guy playing the part. Brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the school of Steppenwolf the year before you. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, he's, he's such a... He's such, I partied with him last night. Yeah. Yeah, he was at the, the party I went to. Okay. The, the, re, the cause of my, of my hungover state okay. can be traced to my night with, uh, to with David Raymond. i give him a call. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like... We're, we're led to believe that because David is succeeding, I'm failing. Sure. That's not true. That's that's a scarcity complex. Yeah. yeah. I've had, career-wise, I've had a great fucking week. Oh, yeah. You were on you TV I mean? twice. Yeah. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, And then, here's the other thing. Like, when you feel jealous, when you go, like, that should have been my part. I would have been fucking great in this. Mm-hmm. This should be mine. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, as great as it would have been for my career mm-hmm. to get this part, this is probably also really great for David's career. Yeah, you don't think about it the other way around. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is also what he was waiting for, probably. Sure. Like, a nice part. Like, like a lot of us are waiting for that part. Yeah. And he got it. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. You know? Mine will come eventually. Yeah. You shouldn't... Yeah, you shouldn't think that... You just shouldn't be jealous. I... It doesn't... It's just... It's icky. 
It is really icky. It's one of those. Is it? Uh, it's not one of the deadly sins, is it? No, it's not. I, I don't think, think envy. It is. Yeah, envy. Is envy. One of the, envy yeah. is one of the dead, so a variation of jealousy. And I do believe that there's a, a level of truth to that. Yeah, it eats at your soul. It's and you start looking around at reasons to be jealous yeah. once you indulge in that behavior. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't suit anybody, and I think I, I think, think uh, it's natural, and I think that's a part of being alive. But I think it behooves us to also do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to just be. It's being mindful of it. Sure. Right? So just push it out of your head. Yeah. You know, let it let it float away like a leaf on a stream. Do you find that getting down about your career is as easy to do about uh, w- with that sort of uh, application when you're standing in front of the mirror and your sister's about to spook you? <laughs> And yeah, you're like, well, I don't know if I can do this right now. You know, uh, yeah, it's the same because thing. Because I asked that because you're one of the most gregarious people I've ever met. Ooh, that's a, that's a $5 word. I haven't, al- I haven't met a lot of people, so. <laughs> <laughs> you take a beautiful moment and you just undercut it. I told you I got to be more of an asshole. I, you, you, well, dial it back. No. I need, you, I, need you to, <laughs> I need you to make the grind more fine. Okay, fine. Sure. What were we talking about? God damn it. Dude, yeah, this, we keep doing this. This was a mistake. Uh, okay. When you're, when you're spe- <laughs> <laughs> That's is, great for somebody to tell you on their podcast. This is, this is what... <laughs> this was a... This we was, should have done I haven't, this, huh? I haven't made a lot of mistakes in my life. This is this one might of be one. Well, this is what, ha- like, this is what happens when you, when you have, uh, you know, friends on a podcast who you sure. like, hang out with. Yeah. You know, you just, you sit down and you're not going to take it. You're, gonna, you're just going to... I've looked breeze. at my notes like three times. It doesn't matter. I think this is going to entertain somebody. Sure. If not, yeah. I, I'm entertained right now. I'm having a good time. <laughs> I'm having a good time. You having a good I'm time? Having a great time. You having a great time? Matcha tea? What are you doing? I love matcha tea. Same. Your sister's about to spook you. You're in front of the mirror. You probably, I, I imagine you wipe away a bit of the mist on the <laughs> on the mirror. I did. You've got your arms on the on the sink. On the sink. You take a deep breath. Guttural breath. Yeah. But I mean. Here's the other thing, too. Um, that moment wasn't just about my career. because It's never just about one thing. Yeah, because, look, man, that's the other thing, too. Jealous people are jealous, I think, because they got all their eggs in one basket. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, boy, I feel that shit when real hard. All of your life is built around your career <sighs> and getting parts and plays and getting to, first, I'm going to do a... A, you know, a Raven show, then a Steep show, then I'll be at Red Orchid, then Rivendell, then I'll be at the Good Men by 2020. Then I'll be in regional theater, and then you know what? Somebody's going to discover I'll be me. Broadway. I'll be in an indie then film. I'll... Oh, yeah. It goes up the chain. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I've got very specific goals. Sure. That I have not hit. They're your northern stars. They yeah. just get you to somewhere. Um, You know what? I, what's really great about having such specific goals mm-hmm. is, like, you know, when I achieve them, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna achieve these goals, Corey. I said it right here. And Did I you said read it now. the secret before you came here? I read the secret every day. I just watched that documentary. That's the I only never, reason. I've I... never, I've never seen the documentary or read the book. Oh, I'm okay. familiar with the concept. Sure, the laws of attraction. Sure, yeah, sure. Um, but uh, no, I don't think that I have ridiculous ambitions. I think that I'm, I'm on the right course. Sure, you know. I think it's just sort of like a, a waiting game at this point, and just continuing to, continuing to study, continuing to audition, continuing yeah. to do all the things that I've been doing. Uh, eventually, I think I'll hit the mark that I'm hitting in my head. 
But what's so great about having that specific goal, right? Once you get there, it's there's a kind of freedom. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like it's, I li- I like. I suspect, twenty thirty years from now, I'll look back to this moment we're having right now yeah. with such fondness. Sure. Because, because I you know it. There's something really beautiful about being in that moment in your life before you've achieved all the things you want to achieve. There's something nice. There's a there's a beautiful uh, freedom and serenity. Serenity is that the, you is when you look word. back on, you're like, oh, it's nice. I was so blissfully unaware of. Yeah, it's great because like the thing the thing about ambition is the tricky thing is you got to be open to the fact that every time you get another rung on the ladder, mm-hmm. there's something something else is going to happen. Like you know. There's other. There's always other challenges you gotta you gotta overcome. Like there's never you got new problems. Yeah, there's never making it. Right. You know, like uh, Jonathan Berry's a good example. Um, you know, he, there, here's somebody who's made it in sure. my in my eyes. Like that's that's the dream. Right. But what what can't he do? He can't like I love going to fucking theater parties. Mm-hmm. You know, and and getting getting drunk for free and having a good night. <laughs> But nobody knows who the fuck I am. Nobody fucking bothers me. Right. You're Jonathan Barry. You go to an opening night party at the uh, Adobo. Next, yeah. You know, everybody's talking to you, trying to be smart. You know? Right. So the thing about Earthquakes in London that I really liked is I liked your, you know, your staging in, in this scene. It was really interesting, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? You you you, you like that? Interesting, interesting. Thank you so much. Well, I gotta, I gotta. Go I gotta leave because I got so many friends here that I would rather have seen, but you've monopolized my time exactly. because you're trying to get ahead. Whenever I see Jonathan Barry. Here's what I do. I go, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. End of conversation. Same. Let him hang out. And I went to school with him. (laughs) Let him hang out with Ashley and and Darcy and his friends. Right. You know, maybe one day we'll become friends. I'm not going to try to force a friendship on a man. But, you know, if you want to Maybe he'll hear this podcast. If you want to be my friend, Jonathan Berry, I'm I'm down. (laughs) Um, I'm free often. (laughs) Shoot me a line. All right. Dude, the night he asked Oh, me, I just got an email notification. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will honest to God never forget the night that he that he gave me his phone number. Oh, okay. Oh, you want to hear a story? I would love to hear a story. We're on a podcast. Okay. I didn't even notice we were doing a podcast. I thought we were just having a conversation. Look at that. Oops. Oopsies. <laughs> so I was understudying Winter Set. That was one of those crazy experiences, Winter uh-huh. Set. Um I don't say this to like brag. I say this to sort of for the curious listener, this is how things can happen for people. So I was understudying parachute men at Teatro Vista, mm-hmm. right? And I was a a very active understudy, meaning I went to every rehearsal. As you should. Um, That's a rule. Anybody doesn't know what the fuck you're supposed to do as an understudy. Go, go to, to every, every rehearsal. rehearsal. Oh, but they're not paying me a lot and I've got work. Well, what would happen if you were really doing the play? You would have to fix things around work, right? Also, you're going to look like you care because you do. And the other understudies who aren't there look like assholes. They kind of look like <laughs> that's not your goal, but you need to be there. You need to be there. <laughs> I'm here to make everyone look like an asshole, but me. Again, here's if if ev- you're making me look like look, an asshole again. If, if the listener takes anything from this <clears throat> conversation, they should they should know this. I'm an asshole probably Sh- down sure. inside, but I'm trying really hard right to make everybody else look like a bigger asshole than me. So if nobody knows I'm an asshole, okay, that's some go. camouflage the shit pro right there. Tip. Pro tip, that's that reminds me. Small tangent. Then I'll go back to the Jonathan Berry story. I was gonna say we can't keep doing. No, no. This. But you see how I reminded myself of what we got to go back to, right? But this is a funny tangent. My friend Scott Yu is one of those people. Uh, he's one of my one of my high school friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know those people 
who can get away with saying like the meanest shit to people. Yeah. And I asked him one one day, like, dude, how do you do that? Like, how can you just be so mean to people and have them like you? He's like, dude, it's easy. You look someone straight in the eye, say whatever the fuck you want. As long as you laugh after, they're gonna laugh too. Huh. That was, I'll never forget that. That was a fu- that was that was a surreal moment. I don't know that that's all there is to it. <laughs> I don't think so either. I <laughs> I'm not gonna try that. Don't anytime don't. soon. Scott, you had some friends, huh? But not as many as you could have. You're one of them. I'm one of them. He saw my commercial. That made me very happy. Did he text you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Send nice. Me a snap. Uh, maybe he's not a big asshole. No. You no. got Jonathan Barry's number. So. So, uh, yeah, I was a very active understudy, right? So I was understudying parachute men at the Atro Vista, one of the, you know, one of the greatest jobs I've ever had. Uh, Ricardo Gutierrez is, is the greatest man alive. I owe my career to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm understudying parachute men, and I'm going to the play. Uh-huh. And then the night – so I, I, go, I go the same night that uh, Chris Acevedo is there, right? And we all go out drinking, and we just shoot the breeze, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he just sort of asks me, like, like, the questions, like, how long have you been in town? Like, who do you know? Do you have an agent? Like, what's, what's, what's your deal? Yeah. Um, that conversation ends, yada, yada, yada. Like, three or four weeks later, I get an email from Kelly, who does casting at Griffin, asking me if I want to understudy Winterset. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Because Christopher was like, oh, you need understudies? This guy's good. Yeah, Ralph's a good guy. He's a good guy. He, he'll, 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 he'll do right. He'll show up to every rehearsal. Um, so that was fun. You know, I, 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 I kind of like showed up in the middle of the process, mm-hmm. like, like, a, like a parachute uh, soldier just sort of dropping in. I'll never like forget. a parachute man? What? Hey-o. Hey-o. <laughs> <laughs> we just harmonized. <laughs> That's funny. Man, I'll never forget this. Jonathan Barry was wearing uh, a oh, gray t- even a gray remember what he's t-shirt wearing. and like a. It's not hard. He wears like a shirt not dissimilar to the one that I was wearing, right? Yeah. Over it, he he shook my hand. Uh-huh. Said, "Thank you so much for doing this, Jonathan." Aww. And then I didn't say a word to him for like the whole process. Yeah. I was too fucking nervous. Right. And I would tell other actors who I'd become chummy with, like, I don't know, I don't know how to talk to Jonathan. I just don't know. Yeah, uh, I still don't know how to talk to him. <laughs> And I was with him for ten weeks this summer. And then, that's opening, not his fault. I'm just nervous. Opening night, uh, Kayla and London are like, "You got to talk to this guy. Like, if you like him so much, you should just sort of say hi, yeah, or something." Yeah, yeah. And we had a great talk. It was amazing. Um, he told me. Uh, I asked him, "What did I you pre- do?" I prepared did a joke. Did you network? No, no. I prepared a joke. Okay. It's how excited I was. Okay. I pl- I thought about this joke the whole process. Right. So. Backstory. Right. At this time, Jonathan Berry had just sort of directed Constellations mm-hmm. and uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Right. Both are plays that Jake Hillenhulahe <laughs> had just done. That's, that's the correct pronunciation. Don't laugh. It's accurate. I don't know that that's true. That's 100% true. You can Google it. I promise you that's true. Okay. That's Jake Gyllenhaal for anybody who cares to know. But it's the correct Swedish pronunciation would be Hillenhulahe. Right. Um, so I, I go to Jonathan Berry and I go, <laughs> I go, how do you pick your plays? Do you just sort of base it on what, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is doing? Oh no. Here's what he did. He did not laugh. He didn't laugh. Okay. He did that thing that you do when you know that somebody's trying to do a joke. Yeah. And you're like, you smile and you nod. You're like, good. Yeah. I see what you did there. Okay. No. And then that was he, a good start to your conversation. It got better. Okay. It got better. 
Um, he, uh, no, he sort of talked about, we talked about why he picked, because he picks plays with, like, giant casts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or if they don't have big casts, they have a lot of characters. Like, um, he's directing Birdland at Steep. Mm-hmm. And that's a play that traditionally is only done with, like, five odd people. But there's, like, ten plus characters, mm-hmm. right? And and I and I asked him why he does this, and he said, um, I guess I figure that if a play requires so many people to tell the story, it must be really worth telling. And I just melted. I'm like, damn, that's a nugget I'm going to remember forever. I like that. I like right? that perspective a lot. Isn't that so cool? Good question, too. Great question, Ralphie D. I try. I try. I'm hit play with Rafael Diaz coming <laughs> soon. It's amazing when that I don't know. You you're gonna have a podcast and. It makes sense. <laughs> Me having a podcast does not make sense. That makes sense. You're you're really you're a really good listener. We talked the last time we talked. I talked about how I hate auditioning. Sure. Just as a concept, mm-hmm. I've gotten pretty good at it, I think, but I still don't like it. And you didn't. I realized you didn't like really give your opinion. Hmm. You just sort of listened to my opinion mm-hmm. and then asked clarifying questions. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. We were we were at work. No, we were just here. We were here. Yeah, we were here, just, just just shooting the breeze. Oh, well, that's a really nice compliment, Ralph. I appreciate yeah. that. You're so really, much. you're really like your podcast. This episode is a, is the wild card for <laughs> sure. Like, this is the episode in 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 in, in the trage- in the in the history of the of the podcast. This will be the one that people go like that one. That one got <laughs> weird, huh? That one. That one didn't make. That one doesn't make a lot of sense. That's funny. This is like the the death proof of your filmography. Like that's <laughs> like. There's Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Death Proof, huh? Django and yeah, Jane. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate that compliment. That makes that makes me feel really nice. But yeah, mine will probably be more like this because I don't. I I I like I like the loosey goosey conversation. You ask really insightful questions well, to people. Thank you so much, Ralph. You've tried to ask me questions, but we're just having a lovely conversation. And, uh, That's fine. And I uh, and I and I sort of answer them in my roundabout way. I think my listening comes from a, a place of being really uh, nervous, and uh, I have a lot of anxiety about not wanting to appear stupid in front of somebody, which I think then makes me appear stupid more often than not. So I have re- I have since learned to just listen, and uh, that's a safer route, which may be not as courageous sure. as John Pac- Patrick Shanley would like me to be. John Patrick Channel is the, is the man. Can I ask you an insightful question? Please. Can you speak to your um, – uh, can, you, can you speak to how you feel about being uh, grateful to, to where you are currently? Because you're, you're a pretty insightful person as it is, and I want to know. Man, I, I have nothing but gratitude. Like, um, you know um, – And also does gratefulness feed into you having uh, a reciprocal amount of energy? I think it does. It's okay. It's, yeah, that's true. It's just like I just think about like like Ashley ne- Ashley Neal is a great example. Sure. You can see Ashley Neal at Alias Grace at Rivendell Theater Ensemble. Tickets are flying. Um, it opened on September first, and it's been extended. Yeah, it's probably sold out. If you're listening to this and you don't have your tickets, it's probably too late. But still, go check. You can st- hey, you can text the box office. You can even text the box office to get on the wait list, and they will let you know if there's a spot for you. And Ashley Neal is one of my favorite people in the world she was one of your teachers right she was one of my she was our viewpoints teacher well so ashley is killing it in this play um so it's about canada's most famous murderess 
uh, a word that doesn't need to be gendered, in my opinion. No, but uh, murderer. That's what it was like back then. Huh. Um, excuse me. You're excused. We're editing uh, that out. Please you don't. Disgusting. No, nah, man. It, it makes me feel like Rick Sanchez. Huh? Get from Rick and Morty, the greatest show right. on television. I don't watch that show. I know. I don't watch a lot of TV. I know. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> so, so Grace Marks is a very famous murderer mm. in, in Canada. She murdered her boss and uh, his and his lover with uh, her paramour, James McDermott, played okay. by. The marvelous David Raymond, and if he ever gets too hungover one night, maybe me. We're talking about gratitude, right? Sure. Let's talk about gratitude. Great. Ashley Neal uh, is a great example. So here's here's a she does casting at Rivendell, right? Does um, she really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I went to a generals once at Rivendell, and uh, one of those great auditions because uh, Tara Mallon, who's the artistic director. Mm-hmm. So you know, like when you're you're waiting, you're like on deck to go into the room. Mm-hmm. You're sort of in a chair, an uncomfortable chair, and then you you wait by the door. You count to ten, and then you go inside. Mm-hmm. And there's, and the people, the auditors are like far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sort of looking at you, like it's, you're in it's a, like, like a cold experience. Like you're in like you're in a fucking uh, Beckett play, mm-hmm. you know. Before I could count to ten, Tara had opened the door and said, "Come on in." Oh, like she was inviting me to her place for coffee. That's nice. It was just a great audition. Like, on my resume, it says I can do a Christopher Walken impression. (laughs) Nobody has ever asked me to do it in an audition. Ashley, I don't remember if it was Ashley or Tara who brought it up. But one of them said, well, you got to do it for us now. And I did, and it was fun. Um, Steve fucking Haggard. Son of a bitch. You got to preface Steve Haggard now, because you can't just say Steve fucking Haggard, son of a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> he took my money. Yeah. Um, I had earlier in this conversation, I had forgotten Steve Haggard's name. Steve Haggard is also in Alias Grace, and he's killing it. Mm-hmm. He and he and uh, he and Ashley are really kind of like they go toe to toe. It's like mm-hmm. a just a beautiful waltz between these two characters playing mind games with each other. Oh, mm-hmm. a great play. And but he's her paramour. Is that correct? No, I'm the paramour. You're the paramour, David Raymond, guy playing. You understudying Damon Raymond. Gotcha. I'm on board now. Sorry. We're back. We're back. We're, we're back. back. And we're back. And we're back. I love that movie. In the Loop with Corey Hart. Do you know that movie at all? We're back. We're going off the rails. We're going to end soon. That's okay. We're back. The Dinosaur Story? Yes. John Patrick Shanley wrote that. Yes, he did. Oh, my God. Oh, it all goes back to John oh, Patrick Shanley. Oh, that is so exciting. But to go back to gratitude, mm-hmm. so Ashley, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, uh, she keeps fucking like calling like Rivendell is not. They don't have a lot of parts for people like you and me. No, usually they. I went to by, their generals too, by I, design. Yeah, you know what I mean. The one part I auditioned for, or the one part I was like, oh, maybe I get that. Uh, 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 Curtis Jackson got. Curtis Jackson, one of my favorite actors in Chicago, got, and I'm like, was oh, he? That makes sense. He got that movie right, Teacher. Is he one of the guys who got teacher? I don't know. I think so. I saw him at in Brilliant Adventures at Steep, and it with fucking Ty rocked Owen? my world. Yeah, with Ty as well. Ty, Ty the hardest working fir- uh, fucking person right now in Chicago. Ty is like who we all want to be, right? Seriously, I talked to our, uh, we are repped by the same agent. Yeah. And I was talking to her after our, my conversation with you. I got on the phone with her, and I was like, "What's going on? I need to be auditioning." Blah 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 blah. Because I just got nervous about my career. And I was like, but you know who's killing it? 
and she completed my sentence. She said, Ty Owen. And I said, yeah, that dude is fucking on fire right He's now. He's on the Criterion Collection website. What? You want, you want to talk about goals? That's like one of my top five What do you goals. mean he's on the Criterion? So like one of the movies he did got a Criterion release, meaning when you go to the Criterion Collection website, you can look up Personal Shopper, and under the cast, it says Ty Owen. And <sighs> he has a hyperlink that you can click on. <laughs> and it'll go to a tab full of all of the Criterion movies that he's done. <laughs> right now, it's just Personal Shopper, but it'll be many more, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, Here we are geeking out about about uh, actors in Chicago because it's the best town in the world for actors. But we're not feeling jealous about it. We're like, no. good for that dude. dude he's, oh, I'm so proud of him. Do you remember one of the conversations you and I had before? Uh, what show we saw at Steppenwolf? I invited you to. Was it? It wasn't here. It was the other one. Passover. Passover. Oof. Hooey. Oof. <laughs> we, can, we can have a whole podcast about that thing. Um, the day before, I had gone to the gym. And there's a guy who had just started working at Cheetah Gym. He's a, I think he's a music theater, and he had just gotten into his first, his very first show in Chicago, and it was Jeff recommended, and then it got nominated. Ooh! And he came up to me because mm-hmm. he found out I got into school at Steppenwolf. He congratulated me, and I congratulated him on that's his success. And that's how it's supposed yeah. to be. This is a good town for it. There isn't a lot of. Je- I can think of a couple of jealous actors, and when we and when we go offline, I'll, we'll, we'll gossip. We'll do a little cheese man credits. When when I think of like <laughs> like really bad jealousy, like self centered actors, I got a couple in mind. We'll we'll talk. We'll gab about it later. Over, okay. over some more matcha. Well, let's let the people uh, <laughs> stew on it. Ralph, this has been sincerely like one of the best uh, conversations ever in my oh, that life. That tickles me. That yeah, tickles me. No problem. Let me end on gratitude because I I started talking about gratitude a million times. Okay. And I. And I haven't finished this thought. That's fine. And it's really important to me because I am very grateful. Because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for certain people. True. Right. Um, Ashley Neal is one of them. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. The thing about um, Alias Grace is so I auditioned to be to be uh, McDermott, right? Mm-hmm. This was back in – I was doing Nightingales. This was forever ago. Not about. Not about Nightingales. Not about. What was that play about? I don't really know. It's not about Nightingales. I don't really know. That's another podcast. We. What a play. But no, yeah, so I did for years, and you know, I didn't hear anything back. Matthew Gary, my friend, mm-hmm. uh, who I got drunk with last night, uh, also was up for the same part. He got a call back. I didn't. So I was like, all right, I'm not doing that play. Sure. Fine. That's how, that's how it works. You mm-hmm. leave it in the room. Yeah. And then I get an email. Uh, I'm at a, one of those bougie coffee shops in the Loop. I'm forgetting the name. It, was it doesn't matter. Overpri- not La Colombe. Right. And let me tell you, overpriced espresso. Overpriced. Uh, so it wasn't Revival, was it? No. Okay. I think it was a Botress. Oh, well, fuck that company. Right? I thought they were all gone. I thought they were, too, There's when all their employees walked out because they didn't pay line. them. There you go. So, yeah, I'm at a Botress, uh, having an espresso, and I get an email from Ashley. Uh, because one of the understudies drops out, and they need an understudy. Mm. And she asked me if I'd do it. Mm-hmm. Literally, if it would have been anybody else... I would have been like, hey, I'm sorry, you know, this is not enough time to prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm focusing on commercial auditions right now. I really can't do this right now. Right. Because that's the truth. Like, I really, like, dude, Mama Bear, Marissa Panessa called me yeah. personally when I wanted to do this. Uh-huh. She's like, don't do it. Uh-huh. We, can't, we, we can't put you up for stuff if you're understudying. And I'm like, 
I hear you. Yeah. And I'll think about it. Yeah. I'd, I'd made up my mind. Like, Ashley is one of those people that I would do anything for because she's gone up the bat for me so many times. That's the point of gratitude, right? Is careers are made by people um, sending the elevator down for you. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? There's no better example of that than um, the Mark Maron episode of Ralphie May, who just passed away. Oh, fuck. A day or two ago. Had a cardiac arrest. Ralphie May... His career was made by like Sam Kennison. Yeah. And uh, Sam Kennison was a fucking tank. Yeah. But these do. Oh, and Jay Moore. So what Jay Moore did is Ralphie May moves out to LA and uh, he's doing a show. Jay Moore's there. Jay Moore initially doesn't like him. And then he turns around. Jay Moore is kind of an asshole. Well, Jay Moore eventually kind of figures out Ralphie May and he's appreciative of him. Yeah. Ralphie May doesn't have enough money to wa- uh, to to drive his car to the laugh factory to actually do the show he's got to walk there it's like how many fucking miles jay moore drives by in his chuck he stops he pulls back he asks him what the fuck are you doing so i don't have any money man i just can't i i gotta walk there and he's like get in the fucking car gets on his on his phone with the agent and he says all those improv shows i'm doing where the improv comedians are opening for me don't ralphie may's opening for me now for for whenever 16 shows he booked him for yeah and he fucking he made his career it's that's all it takes is people just sort of like looking at someone and going like yeah all right i'll i'll take a chance on you and leah schreiber talks about this a lot he uh did a lot of stuff at the public theater when mm-hmm. he first got out of school and uh i forgot who was running the public at that time but he basically told leah look if it wasn't if george you, uh wolf was it maybe yeah he said if uh we'll take a chance on you if you take a chance on us you know what i mean like it's 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 a uh, reciprocal. Yeah. Like we're not the ones doing the favor. You're also doing us a favor. Yeah. We're you know? saying yes. Because we also need, people need new talent. Yeah. Right. And people like Ashley Neal and Cody Estel, mm-hmm. who I wouldn't have gotten that Raven show without. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ricardo Gutierrez, who, oh my God, dude, he straight up emailed me out of the blue and offered me, didn't ask me to audition for, offered me, the understudy role in Wolf at the End of the Block. What fucking person Which you killed, does that? by the way. Thank you for saying that. I didn't, objectively. <laughs> I truly, I truly didn't. You can deliver a monologue, I'll tell you that much. Well, thank you. Truly, that performance, in my mind, was a failure. Um, You're too hard on yourself. I don't think so. I think that um, there was... It just was the first... It's an it understudy was, performance, man. Yeah, I you know. You get one shot, one thing opportunity. Is, the thing is, I don't like making those kinds of excuses for myself, mm. you know, because that can get, that can lead to, to lazy acting, right? Where sure. When you start making excuses like, well, I didn't really get to rehearse a lot or like, you know, was, you know, we didn't. It becomes a be, crux. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or a like, crutch. Yeah. Truly, I wasn't as present as I could have been. Sure. Um, you know, I only say that because I am severely hard on myself mm-hmm. and I, it's something that I have to, I have to be more compassionate to mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. I, I'm really proud of it, mm-hmm. but I know that like, it could have been better, um, but you know, it was. It's it, it's an understudy performance. You you can't really like a lot of like my all my scenes with my sister didn't really feel like I was connected because you know you didn't have the the thing that I hate most about understudying mm-hmm. is you don't get to rehearse. Yeah, understudy rehearsals are a joke, dude. Like you you fumble through a play a couple of times during a run, but nobody's expecting you to exactly. be tremendous. No, no, I know, but like or spot I, on. But I love rehearsing a play. It's my favorite part. 
Yeah, you I get to make it. tons of mistakes. I love it. It's so much. It's like it's like playing. It's like it's the closest to playing pretend like you were when you were a kid. Yeah. There's tape on the floor. Nothing is real. Everything's up here. Yeah. Oh, I, I I miss it a lot. So yeah, you would obviously if you want to have a good scene with your with your sister, you need to cultivate something. There's some chemistry you um, gotta make. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We, didn't, we didn't have that opportunity. <clears throat> the weirdest thing is Tony Santiago, who mm. understudied Nunley, who got in way late in the process. Mm. Easily the best moment of that understudy performance was the bar scene between me and Nunley. Between oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you haven't seen Wolf at the End of the Block, this conversation might be a little little boring for you. You um, know what I want to say, and I hope he's listening? Scott Wolf gave one of my favorite ever performances I have ever seen that was, in Chicago in that understudy performance. That was good. The thing is... He was just like I just Scott West, Scott yeah. West. Sorry, it's it it was great, but it's just I loved Jimmy Two Jackets version of that character so much more. It was really hard to compare the two for me. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, you know how it is. There was something salacious and dangerous yeah. about Scott West's performance. What I liked better about um, I said Scott Wolf because there's somebody I know is Scott. It was just uh, I didn't even notice up. you said Scott Wolf. You knew who I was talking about. Exactly, so, so I was I in. feel really terrible well, now. What was so great about uh, Jim uh, Ferrugano? Ferrugano? How do you pronounce his last name? Uh, I, I call him Jimmy Two Jackets, as should you. <laughs> uh, what was so great about Jimmy Jimmy's performance is that you didn't know he was a bad guy. Yeah. Like, he was kind of fun. Yeah. Like, Scott was pretty menacing pretty quick, um, it was which works. Just something Dude, so dangerous. An yeah, I Coulter script. I like, it. you can't fuck it up. Yeah. It's really hard to. Like, he's that writing is just yeah. beautiful. But um, the bar scene that I had with Nunley – played by the incomparable Tony Santiago. Mm-hmm. He was still on book because yeah. he got into the process so fucking I late. was curious about that, yeah. And guess what? I never felt like my scene partner was more connected and more present than I did in that moment. Hmm. Tony made me feel like we'd been best friends for 20 years. In that, in that, like, I don't even remember how long. That scene felt like it lasted forever. Oh, yeah. And like a second at the same time. It was the happiest moment I ever had on stage. Tony's one of the best. At- Did you see uh, him in, uh, in Put Your House in Order? No, I didn't. All right, that was that was a hard one. That was an easy one to miss. Kind of like, yeah, it only happened like. Well, how, how many performances? I miss Lottery Day, and I'm gonna regret that. I think I'm gonna. I regret a lot of things. <laughs> but uh, no, oh my god, yeah. So Ricardo just somehow trusted. Like, do you un- you understand? Had Gabe? Oh, God. Gabe Ruiz is <laughs> my everything. Yeah. That man is the best actor alive, mm. maybe. Uh, he's second only to Sandra Marquez, mm. who was also a part of Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's, you, you are her favorite. Stop it. <laughs> you told me that. I told you that in confidence, Corey. Oh, my bad. No, you told me th- in three other people. Yeah, I told a lot of people. That yeah, was the hap- that was one. That was, oh, that's another story. Yeah. Um, sure. We got to wrap up soon. Yeah, you, I know. Yeah. I know. Let me let me let me finish gratitude. So Ricardo just trusted that had Gabe gotten you know booked some cool episodic that I could go on stage and go toe to toe with Sandra motherfucking Marquez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, I think you could do it. I would have passed out. Nah, man. There's that thing that happens I, <laughs> where acting is like a tennis match. You play against somebody else who's better than you. You're gonna get better. Any piece of advice you can uh, leave for, for anybody? Piece of advice. Uh, 
Never bet the house on red. All right, guys, that's it. That is the show. Uh, be sure to check out Alias Grace at Rivendell. That's running for a while. It's going to be a pretty popular show. Might be sold out by the time you're trying to get tickets, but it's worth a try. Uh, and then also check out Ralph's podcast, Hit Play, with Rafael Diaz. Oh, yeah, it's, that's me. What's, what's up? What you doing here, buddy? Oh, hey. Uh, hey, hey, Ralph. I'm just uh, doing the outro. Oh, for, for what? Uh, the podcast you did a couple days ago. We're doing it right now? Yeah. Get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want to? What are you doing after? Um, uh, probably editing. Yeah. All right. I, okay. You want? You want to like? You want to hang out a little bit? Sure. Sweet. Sweet. All right. I'll be. I'll be in the kitchen. Great. All right. I'll see you later. Where did you come from? I just, you know, I just, I just walked over. Huh. Love yep. you, buddy. Hey, thanks for listening. We can't do this without you. You got to get to iTunes. You gotta you gotta find this podcast in the loop with Corey Harden. You gotta you gotta rate it. You gotta get five stars. If you're not giving it five stars, what's the matter with you? Thank you, Ralph. Thank you. Guys, you you heard it from the man. Rate it. Uh, our <laughs> our music comes from Alex Katsaropoulos. Our logo is designed by Allison Underwood, and our tech support is provided by Jennifer Keel. If you guys want to know more, please visit us at intheLoopPod.com. Have a good day, guys. Oh,